0: Hello and welcome to another Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we see the somewhat nascent cold war between Epic Games Store and Valve's Steam product becoming a little bit more heated. Uh, for those of you that didn't see, a couple of days ago, some Reddit posts went up that talked about what the Epic Game Store application was doing on people's computers in respect of grabbing information and using it in certain ways. And a lot of Internet investigators doing some uh, process review and really digging into what the Epic Game Store application was collecting and why. And they discovered an important uh, item. Uh, And it's one that has become somewhat controversial over the last couple days, and one in which uh, both Valve and Epic have actually commented on. Uh, And so we're going to look at the article that talks about that. This came out just a couple days ago. Uh, And we're going to talk also about what the Epic Games privacy policy says about how its applications work and what it doesn't say, and really look at it from a kind of lawyer's perspective to see how Uh, Words are used to be a little bit more ambiguous than you might think as you read through it and why uh, really for the first time in looking at the Epic Game Store, I do have pause and and look at it and say, what exactly are they doing? This certainly seems to have been a misstep on their part uh, in terms of the permissions they're getting from their customers uh, and uh, using information that folks wouldn't anticipate being used in the way they are proposing to use it. So let's take a look at the main article on the topic here. This is an article from Bleeping Computer, uh, and it's called Epic Promises to Fix Game Launcher After Privacy Concerns. And again, this article is from March 15th, so just a couple days ago. Epic Games has responded to multiple accusations saying that their Epic Games launcher is scanning for and collecting users' Steam information without first requesting permission. As detailed by Daniel Vogel, VP of Engineering at Epic Games in the Reddit thread where the gamers' concerns were first expressed, the Epic Game Store client makes an encrypted local copy of your localconfig.vdf Steam file. However, information from this file is only sent to Epic if you choose to import your Steam friends, and then only hashed IDs of your friends are sent and no other information from the file. But We're going to look at this article uh, to some more depth Uh, But first, to get a kind of feel for what the the VDF local config file actually is, uh, we're going to go to the end of this article where they actually have Steam's comments to talk about what the file is and why they don't think anybody should really be looking at it. Uh, The Steam comment was from uh, in the afternoon on March 15th. It says, we are looking into what information the Epic launcher collects from Steam. The Steam client locally saves data such as the list of games you own, your friends list, and saved login tokens similar to information stored in web browser cookies. This is private user data stored on the user's home machine and is not intended to be used by other programs or uploaded to any third-party service. Interested users can find localconfig.vdf and other Steam configuration files in their Steam client's installation directory and open them in a text editor to see what data is contained in those files. Uh, So what Steam is saying here and what you would anticipate from uh, what the actual Steam product does is that they keep a, a track of what the, their client, their customer's information is, what their name is, what their friends are, uh, what games they've played and when. And what they do is they put it in a local file on the, the Steam user's computer in the, in the Steam folder. Uh, and what the Epic Games Launcher has been accused of doing and what we'll see they essentially admit to having done uh, is grabbing that file from Steam on a, on a user's computer and making a copy of it and putting it in the Epic Game Stores application file in, in what they call an encrypted state. And then what the comments from Epic actually are is that they say, well, we make an encrypted local copy of that file, but we only use it if you choose to import your Steam friends and then only use hashed IDs of your friends are sent and no, no other information from the file. So that's important because they're going to try to make the distinction here about what information is collected versus what information is not collected and the question of whether looking at a user's computer and grabbing a file from another application and moving it over moving a copy of it over into the folder of your own application constitutes collecting of any kind Uh, i think it's certainly one of those areas where the lawyers could get involved if it came to it And we would start to discuss whether or not essentially moving a file from a local folder to another local folder constitutes collection if the servers, if the Epic uh, database, the headquarters, doesn't actually get access to it. All its software has done is kind of moved a local file into another position or actually copied one. Um, And I think that's really where the crux of this lies. And we're going to see that essentially the Epic folks are going to say, well, we're not using it at all, so we're not violating any bits of our privacy policy, and that's where the interest from, from me comes in is I hadn't really done a deep dive into the Epic Games privacy policy other than kind of a cursory look when we were first talking about the Epic Game store launching as a competitor to Steam. And I think the language there is interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting document that is going to be the second half of this video. So let's take a look a little bit further about what the Epic folks are saying. All of these are on Reddit threads, which I looked into as background for this video, but I didn't see it as terribly useful to kind of go over uh, as part of the, the summaries here. I do recommend we're going to link this. Uh, article in the description of this video, you can look at all these links. This is a very well done one that goes to all of the various Reddit threads and forums that talks about this issue. And you can look at some of the homework done by these folks themselves and see some of the code and how this was discovered. Uh, But for purposes of our discussion, I didn't find it terribly useful to kind of go over those uh, in great detail. So suffice it to say, now that Epic's admitted that this is happening, uh, there isn't really a great need to kind of go and verify that fact. It's, It's admitted by everybody. And going further, here's what Epic had to say about what they're collecting. We use a tracking pixel for our support a creator program so we can pay creators. We also track page statistics. The launcher sends a hardware survey at a regular interval as outlined in our privacy policy. The UDP traffic highlighted in this post is a launcher feature for communication with the Unreal editor. The launcher scans your active processes to prevent updating games that are currently running. Part of the Reddit threads here was an analysis of what the Epic Games launcher was doing, looking at root certificates, looking at various ways that the computer was operating. And a number of folks on those Reddit threads, I think, appropriately said, this is essentially how deep a piece of software has to get into the the system architecture in order to try to detect cheating because cheating programs are always going to try to find different ways to hide and hide their uh, application and usefulness in the video games that they're trying to cheat on Uh, and so it isn't in and of itself a giant red flag uh, that those kinds of process checks are happening. And we see here there's there's kind of references to that from Epic that says, well, this is we need to check to make sure your processes are acting properly and this is how we identify uh, cheaters and things of that nature. Going back to the article's author, additionally, in response to user concerns that the company's launcher also gathers info on how long someone played a Steam game and last time played, Vogel argued that while the Epic Games Launcher will make a local copy of a Steam file that contains Steam friends IDs, which also contains playtime info, this data will not be parsed or delivered to their servers. Again, if we're taking Epic uh, on its face, uh, the comment here is, hey, that's the easiest place for us to grab that information, and Steam also includes all this other information in that file. So we don't intend to use that, but that's the easiest way for us to grab it, and so that's where we grabbed it from. Vogel also insisted that we only look at your Steam friends IDs in that file after you grant us permission and only then send a hash of those IDs back back to our servers to allow us to make friend suggestions and that Epic Games will only import the list of Steam friends after receiving explicit permission. The Epic Games VP also added, that the launcher work concluded before the backend work. We are going to clean up the implementation, which is the listing of all of the various Epic Games launchers operations uh, that are looking at various things on your computer in order to make sure that everything's working properly. And replace making a local copy of that Steam file with a registry track check for the presence of Steam and then prompting you to import your friends. And that we are only sending hashed Steam friend IDs and only with your permission. Again, I think if we want to give them the benefit of the doubt, this is the kind of thing that makes sense as an excuse, essentially. They say, hey, we implemented this very fast. We're going to talk about Tim Sweeney, the CEO of Epic Games. And he chimed in with comments of his own that said, essentially, hey, we try to do this very fast. uh, And that's why it's as messy as it is. And this was the quickest way to kind of do that steam import. Um, But... Even if we allow for that, this isn't the right way to go about it. You don't want software on your computer accessing random personal files, and especially random personal files of its main competitor, uh, which Steam absolutely is, uh, against the Epic Game Store. So... I think even if we want to give them the benefit of the doubt, this is a problematic behavior. And I think they acknowledge that. That's why they're making these comments is to say essentially, hey, we know this looks bad. Uh, We're going to fix this up because even if we think we're in the right in terms of our end user license agreement, in terms of our privacy policy, we understand that this makes us look uh, like shady software dealers. And we don't want to look like shady software dealers. So we're going to fix what we're doing. Uh, But certainly... Uh, This is an interesting story just in and of itself because you don't often see these kinds of articles and stories about a a piece of software going and accessing other local files. Uh, And if we're not giving them the benefit of the doubt, it does seem rather odd that they would just grab the copy of this file, uh, encrypt it, put it on their own local file, and say that they're going to use it later when someone gives them permission. Uh, It certainly is the kind of thing that can be explained by Uh, trying to do quick coding and trying to get things done and out the door very quickly. Uh, But it does uh, rub people the wrong way, as you see on Reddit, as you see on Reset Era, as you're seeing on other places that are discussing this issue. And I don't blame them one bit for feeling like uh, this is problematic behavior type uh, and that they should never have hidden that this is what was happening during either the install or very early on when you're using the Epic Game Launcher for the first time. Uh, CEO uh, Tim Sweeney went on to talk a little bit about uh, what happened here. He said, You guys are right that we ought to only access the local config VDF file after the user chooses to import Steam Friends. The current implementation is a remnant left over from our rush to implement social features in the early days of Fortnite. It's actually my fault for pushing the launcher team to support it super quickly and then identifying that we had to change it. Since this issue came to the forefront, we're going to fix it. We don't use the Steam API because we work to minimize the number of third-party libraries we include in our products due to security and privacy concerns. And then they link to an article that talks about uh, essentially APIs collecting as much data as they give out and and concerns that Epic would have touching these other uh, libraries and these other uh, third-party access points and that they didn't want to do that and they thought they essentially had an easy fix by going and grabbing the local file. Um, we're working to update the implementation so that the Epic Games launcher only touches the Steam file at all if you choose to import friends, uh, stated Sweeney in reply to concerns that the program is tracking Steam play time for various games. Then we get Steam's comment as we already went over, which is, hey, other people shouldn't be touching this file. And we have another uh, piece of information from Epic Games that says, again, we only import Steam friends with your explicit permission. We're not trying to do anything else. Interestingly, from the Steam perspective, you know, once they create that file, it's just a file on a user's computer. Uh, so it's possible that the, the EULA with Steam or any other kind of contract terms with Steam would say the end user agrees not to share those files with somebody else. Uh, but would, it would certainly be hard for Steam to bring a claim against their, their own customers for letting those files get used by a third party, especially when it was done without their knowledge. Uh, and in terms of uh, Epic epic doesn't have any role in respect of the steam and customer relationship so if there's a file on a computer and a customer says hey yeah absolutely check out that file uh epic has all rights to, to look at that what the issue is here is that nobody gave that permission to epic and epic didn't ask for it they, they took the file first and are now saying hey we were only going to use that file later if you gave us permission to essentially uh, import your friends and recommend other friends based on those imports within the Epic Games ecosphere. Uh, And that's the real issue is that they never got permission. And that's really the kind of primary driver behind data policies, data protection policies under the law and under just kind of philosophy uh, in 2019 is go and ask permission. Uh, It's very difficult for folks Uh, to uh, be entirely cognizant of all the various ways that someone might benefit from using data or that might be harmed from using data. And so we ask the various companies, we ask the various people that might collect that data or otherwise use that data to describe exactly what they're doing, when they're collecting it, how they're using it, and to go get permission for really any use. Uh, That's what the GDPR is about in the European Union. That's what various laws that are kind of working their way through the legislatures of various states in the United States, including California and some other places, are currently really focused on is go get express consent. And then you can mostly do what you want as long as you tell people what you're doing and you get permission to do it. Uh, But in this case, I think this was obviously a circumstance where even if this didn't constitute collection, and we're going to discuss in just a second, what the Epic Games privacy policy says about collection and use of data. Even if this didn't constitute collection, there's no question that the average user that just installs the Epic Game Launcher would not expect the Epic Game Launcher to go and grab a Steam file, encrypt it, and put it in the Game Launcher file for Epic. And because of that, Because you clearly have that separation of what expectation is from a customer versus what the reality is in the Epic Game Launcher and Steam Launcher environments, you have this disconnect, you have this potential liability. You certainly have the starting point for what somebody would have as a legitimate complaint of violations of, if not data protection laws, uh, which it might not rise to, at the very least bad business uh, and violations of trust, uh, which are frankly, just as important as a a legal claim, because most people aren't going to sue a corporation when they do them wrong. They are going to put them on a blacklist of their own, and they're going to tell their friends that they're a shady company and to not deal with them. And that's what you're seeing on Reddit. That's what you're seeing on Reset Era is, hey, Epic Games took some ground that they didn't ask to take. And that really makes me feel bad about the product. That really makes me feel bad about the service. Hey, buddy. Hey, friend. I want to tell you this story about what Epic Games did, and I don't think you should use them. And that's a PR war, and that's a war Epic doesn't want to get involved in. And that's why you see them react as quickly as they did and say, hey, yep, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. Uh, we're going to fix it up. But trust can be easily broken. And certainly if you're Epic, now you're on the back foot because some people are looking at your software service and saying, hmm, I'm not sure about that. On top of a business strategy, a business model that has been predicated around essentially denying folks that just want to use Steam from being able to play the games they want on that platform by signing exclusives and getting exclusive games and products over solely on your platform. So Epic Games has already taken what was a very interesting launch, made some interesting strategic and business decisions that I think rubbed a number of people the wrong way and now have this kind of uh, very light, I would say, uh, scandal uh, to go along with what are already kind of growing negative sentiments around uh, the Epic Games store from at least a a vocal minority of folks uh, that are now uh, seeing Epic Games as a negative force in the video game environment. What's not going to help in in that score is now we're going to take a look at their privacy policy, which having looked at it myself from a legal perspective, from a lawyer's perspective, from someone who has drafted dozens and dozens and dozens of privacy policies and website terms and conditions and service terms and conditions and contracts of all kinds, uh, that the way this is drafted is interesting. It's very ambiguous and it gives a broad set of what I would call loopholes uh, that they can use uh, information in various ways that they uh, they think are going to help them uh, and potentially to the detriment of their their customer base. So let's take a look at the actual language in there. Here we see the Epic Games global privacy policy last updated on December 19th, 2018. So right around the launch of the Epic Games store uh, as announced uh, at the, uh, the Game Awards from last year as a direct competitor to Steam and before all of the Kind of uh, exclusive stuff had happened with some of the big names this year with Division and with Metro and some other things. Uh, They start out by saying Epic Games respects your concerns about privacy. Always good to hear, uh, you know, from a from a contract. A lot of what we see when we look at customer facing contracts is language designed uh, to make people people feel a certain way. Uh, about the document that they're reading. and so this is not what we would call legally operative. This doesn't mean anything. It doesn't obligate someone to something. It doesn't give rights uh, to someone about something. It's simply a tonal phrase uh, that in a pure contract, a business to business contract or something that's really focused on the the nuts and bolts of what's going to be accomplished here wouldn't be included. It's essentially superfluous. They respect your concerns about privacy. Great. We want you to understand the types of information we collect, how we use that information, how we secure it, and whether we share it. When you use our websites, games, game engines, and applications, you agree to our collection, use, disclosure, and transfer of information as described in this policy. So please review it carefully. What we're talking about here is really applications. The Epic Games Store launcher and the Epic Games Store piece of software is an application. It's not a game that's separate. Uh, And they actually go on and talk about at various points in this policy, the fact that the games themselves can have different privacy policies. They mean that generally for third parties that can have their own obligations and have their own data and have their own servers and things of that nature. Uh, But it also applies to their own. If they had a specific game that had a different set of privacy policies or something along those lines, they could include those terms uh, within the end user license agreement for that game uh, as above and beyond what's in this global privacy policy. Here's how they describe the information we collect or receive. We only collect, use, share, store, or otherwise process your personal information when we have an appropriate basis. So let's break that down for just a second. Collect, use, share, store, or process. That's basically everything that you can do with data. So we can read the start of that sentence as we can use your data for anything that we want. If we have an appropriate basis... Now, if I'm reading a contract and I see a language like that from opposing counsel and I'm looking at it, I would strike that immediately because that doesn't have any meaning outside of uh, what the person wants to do with the data on any given day. An appropriate basis as determined by who? What does appropriate mean? Uh, I believe reading this section, it means whatever Epic determines is appropriate, which means whatever they would like uh, in any given circumstance. So that is your first kind of red flag. Okay, we only... Use your stuff when we have an appropriate basis. So that offers me as customer with data that is being sent to you, Epic, with no specific protection. It sounds like there's protection, but there isn't actually protection there because you determine what an appropriate basis is. But the next sentence, they give an example. For example, we may process your personal information as necessary to provide services that are subject to terms you have accepted, such as our end user license agreements or service terms and conditions. Okay. So they say, we can process your personal information as necessary to provide services. Okay. So if you want to provide me services under your application, this time in this case, the Epic Game Store, you can process that information. That makes total sense. Uh, but it doesn't, again, give me any additional protection because you're not describing what it means for something to be necessary. You're not really even describing the services. We may process your personal information when necessary to comply with legal obligations. Absolutely. That makes total sense or for purposes of pursuing legitimate interests, just like appropriate basis. This is when my red uh, lights start going off. My radar starts pinging. So they say we can use your information for an appropriate basis or for pursuing legitimate interests. Neither of those phrases mean anything. And it just means what Epic wants to do with the data, as long as it's not illegal, basically. Uh, And so that's interesting in and of itself. They then add the kind of proviso to give you a little bit more comfort that says, if doing so is consistent with your rights and appropriate to the context. Again, we haven't described any rights that the customer would have in these terms yet. Uh, So we're not really talking about anything except maybe legal rights, maybe things like the GDPR, except this sentence has already said, we're gonna comply with legal obligations. So it's really not saying anything except we're not gonna directly violate the law. Uh, if we can avoid it, uh, presumably. Uh, And then they talk about providing services, the context for the use of the data, providing services, addressing game performance, fixing bugs, performing internal analytics, and conducting reasonable monitoring of your use of the services to prevent misuse of our services and fraud cheating. So they say, the list here is, we can use your data to help us provide the services, which is the big, broad, truck-sized loophole. We can use it to do what we want to do with it, to provide the services. They can address game performance. They can fix bugs. They can do internal analytics. They can study your data. Or they can prevent cheating. Uh, and then additionally, we may, in certain cases, ask you for your consent for certain processing of your personal information. They might ask for permission. Uh, but otherwise, they have the right to do it for those that big, broad list of things, including providing the services, uh, which they, of course... Uh, determine what the breadth and scope of are Uh, and so this section in and of itself provides us with little comfort. They then go on to say we generally collect or receive information in three ways you voluntarily provide information to us such as creating an account making purchases or signing up for email alerts that didn't happen in this particular case where they grabbed a steam file we collect information automatically that did happen here such as through cookies or our games and other software Okay, so broadly, this is what happened. We generally collect or receive information automatic and we can do it automatically through our software. Okay, so we can see that that is exactly what Epic did. And we can see how that doesn't offer any protection for what they did. Uh, The language in this privacy policy gives them the broad right to say, hey, we collect information automatically when you use our software. Uh, And then it says other parties such as social networks may provide information to us as well. Each of the methods is described in more detail below oh good all right so we're going to look at some of what's happening here we're going to skip down a little bit because we know for a fact this information wasn't voluntarily provided unless you really want to go back and say just clicking on the epic games launcher is that voluntary provision but i don't think even epic games would would go and die on that hill so we're not going to look at information you voluntarily choose to provide very much we're instead going to go and jump ahead to the information that's automatically provided So number two here says, information can be collected automatically when you use our websites, games, or applications. We collect some information automatically when you visit our websites or use our games, game engines, and and applications. If a combination of information that we collect does identify you as an individual, we will treat the combined information as personal information. Personal information being uh, afforded additional protections under most laws in most jurisdictions because... That's the real sensitive information. If somebody can identify you, that's where you start talking about identity theft. That's where you start talking about people getting really harmed. Uh, If you've got a set of data that can actually say, this is Joe Smith. Uh, or, or this is uh, somebody else, then that is going to be the most harmful information. So when they can take a bunch of stuff and say, okay, we know the IP, we know the location, we know the games they play, we know their user ID. Okay, we can, we can say that for certain or with a reasonable amount of certainty, that's Richard Hogue that's playing Fortnite today. And so we can collect information on Richard Hogue. That is of more concern than a kind of aggregated, uh, anonymous set of information uh, under the law. It goes on to say we collect information automatically through technologies such as web browsers cookies log files web beacons and our back-end servers collect usage data transmitted from our games and other software we use the information for purposes such as modifying or improving features managing advertising addressing technical issues preventing fraud or misuse of our services and conducting data analytics again this is exactly what happened here they say we collect information Uh, We do it automatically uh, through technologies such as log files uh, and data transmitted from our games and other software. So even if Epic were to come out and say, yeah, we grabbed that file and we sent it back to ourselves, it's not entirely outside the realm of their own personal privacy policy to say that that was what they said that they could do. Uh, If we wanted to not see that, we would hopefully see something that says, hey, we won't grab local files that don't relate to the Epic Game Stores function, from your computer but we don't see that here right now and this if you're looking at your own legal documents the reason i do these kinds of virtual legality videos is so we can do a deep dive into language like this and you can kind of see the holes that are built in obviously with privacy policies and other kinds of vendor terms and conditions and contracts like that you're not negotiating these word for word you're not saying hey i don't like this sentence i want this phrase changed so you're taking it from the company and mostly, we can expect them to be slightly slanted towards the author, slightly slanted towards the company that's providing them. And that's generally okay. Uh, but here, we have these kinds of broad ambiguities. And we can see we have a exact fact pattern to look at and say, okay, this is how these loopholes work. This is why Epic can come out in the article we just read and say, well, this doesn't violate any parts of our policy, uh, our privacy policy because it, it doesn't. Uh, they've reserved for themselves this kind of broad right to collect this information. And I think it's important to note that. One of the things that I think should go along with Epic fixing this problem is adding a few provisions, adding a few revisions to this privacy policy that specifically says, hey, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna grab those files without your express permission. Uh, And I don't see that protection here, which is why I brought it up after I took a look uh, before starting this video. That's kind of the breadth of what we see they allow themselves to do. When we get to the bottom, and before we do, I want to take a brief aside because I talked earlier in this video about what it means to collect something and this isn't a defined term here. This would be something that would be looked at in various jurisdictions wherever they wound up getting sued or wound up having a dispute that they needed to resolve that talks about what collection is uh, and is copying a file and moving it to another local file collection under the law. I'll be honest with you, I have my doubts that that's truly collection if they don't send it back to their servers, that they're just moving things around. But it's certainly something that is unexpected. And so it would depend on the jurisdiction. It would dis- it would depend on the judge, the, the common law in the various areas that are looking at this uh, to say, hey, Epic actually violated the law here rather than just kind of breached a certain amount of trust because – Nobody is really reading the privacy policies to the level that we're reading it in this video, and when they sign or when they click through to accept them, they're not really thinking through the implications of, hey, Epic said that we can automatically collect basically whatever we want for anything that we determine is our own legitimate interests, Uh, and we're going to talk about how we use and share information the section they have in their privacy policy in a second, but they also reserve the similar kind of broad rights to do whatever they want with the data, and is that something that I should have to deal with? And I think depending on who gets the case, who what jurisdiction winds up having to look at this issue, you might have kind of a different result if it if it were to come to that. I don't think it will because I think this is something that Epic jumped on and I don't think anybody was truly damaged in such a fashion that it would make sense to bring a claim. Uh, but I do think in the jurisdictions that are a little bit more uh, specific about data protection, such as the new GDPR and the, and the European Union in general, you might start to have these kinds of Uh, at least investigations or inquiries uh, that could result in fines or something along those lines from just companies that are um, playing fast and loose uh, with people's data. Even if we take on their face that they really didn't intend anything nefarious with this, it is certainly fast and loose, and even they would admit that. Looking further on in the privacy policy, how we use and share information. For our legitimate interests consistent with your rights and preferences. So we see that kind of language again consistent with your rights and preferences, and for our legitimate interests. Your rights are not exactly detailed in this privacy policy, uh, other than kind of a broad right to expect EPIC to use the data as it's roughly described in this document. Uh, But for our legitimate interests, is just very broad. Uh, We're not allowed to do something illegitimate, but there is no definition given to illegitimacy. So it's very difficult to pin them down on that if you were to sue on the fact that they used your data illegitimately it would be very difficult to imagine exactly what that case would look like and that's what they depend on when they use language like this so for our legitimate interests but they go on further to describe legitimate interests with bullets including to better understand our users their interests and their preferences to do data analysis on you uh, as a as a customer we want to better understand you Uh, And we want to better be able to market things to you. We want to better be able to sell our products and other people's products to you. Uh, And so if we can go and collect that information, just looking at this, there's really no reason to stop at the Steam config file. Why not look at your Word documents? Why not look at what browser tabs you leave open from day to day? Why not look at your activities on the internet or your financial statements if they pop up in an Excel spreadsheet? There's no real limit as to what they can do to better understand their users. Uh, so that's a problem in and of itself. And it and it goes to the kind of breadth that is in this privacy policy. And I don't want to single out Epic Games Store particularly on this, if you dove into any number of privacy policies, you would see uh, breadth in various places in those policies. I don't often see it kind of this strongly, which just says, hey, for our legitimate interests to better understand you, uh, which is very, very broad. Uh, But you will see in these privacy policies a kind of uh, similar lesser form of breadth that basically reserves the right to really analyze how you're using the services they're providing to try to improve those services, et cetera, et cetera. And we see that in the next bullet point here, to, de- to develop, deliver, and improve our products, services, and other offerings, some of which may be offered in partnership with other parties. So there's another area where we might say therein lies the rub, which is that, okay, they want to better understand their users. They want to better improve other offerings, including offerings that might be offered in partnership with other parties. So um, this is where you might say they can sell the data. Uh, it's not said explicitly here, uh, and certainly that's one of those areas where people are sensitive to uh, data uh, being kind of trafficked and, and moved around to various parties. And so for the most part, companies avoid saying they're going to sell your data for something outside of what you are actually using the service for. But when you actually parse out this language to develop other offerings, which may be offered in partnership with other parties, as long as Epic is in the kind of fee-sharing, revenue-sharing uh point of contact, that it's a partnership of some kind, that there's a contract with this other party, uh, which would always be the case when data is sold or otherwise uh, that they receive royalties on access to a data library or something like that, uh, then it can go to third parties, other parties at uh, Epic's discretion. And that constitutes by bullet point in this privacy policy, legitimate interests of Epic Games. And so those kind of combined to better understand you, to offer things with partnership and other parties. And then a the last bullet here, which I highlighted, as you can see, if you're watching this on video, data analysis, uh, they do limit that to internal purposes, but still it's the same kind of concept that, yeah they can go, they can collect all the information we just talked about automatically through their services. Uh, they can send it back to their servers if they're so inclined, and they can do it solely for the reason of they want to better understand you. Maybe that's understand your use of Epic Game Store. Maybe that's understand your politics. Maybe that they want to understand your feelings on mathematics and other kind of various issues uh, that you're facing on a day-to-day basis. Obviously, That's not likely to be what they want to do. Companies are usually smart enough to specialize in what they do. And in this case, Epic Games makes games and they sell games and they distribute games and they make Fortnite skins. Uh, And they're likely to stick with that because they're making a lot of money doing it. Uh, But you can see just kind of in this parsing of the privacy policy that there are a number of areas in which... They could potentially use data that you don't anticipate them using. And I think they are right in their defense in terms of what they said, that the privacy policy allows them to do this. I think that's a correct analysis of what their privacy policy does. But it is the kind of thing where you should be looking at changing that privacy policy if you're Epic Games when something like this happens because you don't really need all of this breadth. And frankly, having this broad of a policy does make people look at it a second time, does make it look uh, askance from potential customers, especially when you have an article come out, a set of facts come out that show that you did kind of grab this other file that people weren't expecting. So I think now is the time, if you are Epic Games, to kind of try to shore this up. Uh, I don't really want to put on people that they're trying to act nefarious, that they're deliberately doing something out of malicious intent here, but it's kind of, human nature for corporate lawyers or for people that are putting these documents together and they're not likely to get a lot of pushback to make them over broad, uh, because the notion is that they will only help the company. But here from a public relations standpoint, I think they have rights to data to do things with that data that they don't need and that it looks bad. And I think that's the kind of thing that you can fix if you are Epic Games lawyers or if you are looking at this uh, from a business standpoint at Epic Games they also say here and i think this is the last thing i highlighted uh no there are a couple there are a couple more things here that they can share limited information such as device identifiers with advertisers and other marketing partners for purposes of gauging the effectiveness of advertising and other marketing strategies so they can start to link various demographics various areas various things to marketing partners uh, as well as we already saw with the bullet uh, to have things offered by other parties so you're getting kind of more into that Uh, Facebook social network social media type of terms and conditions type of use of data uh, to to market things to make money that way uh, as well with uh, as with the actual provision of services and you start to get into that area where people are becoming increasingly uncomfortable you start to get into that area where people are looking at Facebook and potentially dropping their use of the service because of exactly this kind of thing and it's one of those areas where I do think Epic could uh, do, do good by their customers by reducing some of these rights and, and at least making them more specific to what's happening. Uh, they go on to say, we are required to seek your consent before we use your personal information for any purpose incompatible with the purposes identified in this policy. That's a great sentence. We love that sentence. Uh, if we're customers, we like to see that, hey, you can't use it for any reason that we don't outline here. But as we have already discussed in this video, there's almost nothing that they can't do under the policy as it's currently written. Uh, And so there's very little that is actually incompatible with the purposes identified in the policy. So this sentence, while it's good and while it would be doing work in perhaps a different policy, isn't really doing work here because they have already taken such broad rights uh, in the policy itself. Uh, It also says, you can change your privacy settings on other parties' websites, such as social networks, which will stop or limit our receipt of information from those other websites. Now, Steam isn't purely a website, uh, but it is kind of internet facing and it is a way to interact with Steam. And I think it is at least a little bit disingenuous for them to have a section here which says, hey, you can make these choices that will hide information from us. And that's good. You can take the social media or anything else that we might link to or look at through our Epic game store and you can say, hey, we're going to be private, not public anymore. And so Epic can't access that API. They can't get that data that they want. Uh, and okay, that's the way you wanted to handle your your internet connections, that's the way you wanted to handle your relationship with Epic and Epic says, yep, you can do that and we understand uh, that's how you can control your privacy. Uh, But what they don't say here is, okay, yeah, uh, but if that website has a cookie, if it has a local configuration file, uh, if it has something else that we can see on your computer, then we are basically reserving the right to go and grab it and take it even if your Steam policies are completely set to private because that configuration file is local, we can go and we can grab it and we can use it for later. Uh, And I don't think that that eventuality, that exact description of things is ever highlighted enough in this policy to make customers feel like they had an understanding of it, to make uh, somebody looking at it from a third party perspective, look at it and say, yes, you told customers that this was a thing that could happen. I'm looking at it from a lawyer so I can see that they basically reserve the rights through automatic collection and through the fact that they're not necessarily collecting it before it's sent, et cetera, et cetera, to allow them to do this from a kind of broad basis. But they're never getting the proper notification to customers to really comply with, especially the more onerous and the more draconian uh, privacy policies like you do see. uh, in the European Union and, and coming through some of the legislatures in the United States uh, but even just kind of kind of broad hey trust us we're good guys type of approach to uh, legal drafting or to just kind of business relationships you don't see anything that really kind of isolates and highlights that this is a thing that could happen and when you have a bullet here that talks about you being able to choose to not share things with Epic and it suggests that you can turn off uh, various access points on websites and, and improve your privacy policies like you can on, on, a, on a place like Steam And that will block us from using that information from those websites. That just comes across as disingenuous when you're talking about a story like we're talking about here on this video. Uh, And that is the last thing I highlighted here. Uh, And so that's really what I wanted to talk about today was uh, the nature of this claim against Epic Uh, what it means in respect of their privacy policy compared to uh, what it means under the law, and then to also talk about what they can do to fix it. Uh, I do think, as you've seen, if you've followed virtual legality for a while, I've mostly been in favor of Epic Game Store and Discord and some other places coming out, being competitors to Steam. I think it does, in general, over the long term, uh, help an industry to have kind of competitive providers of services and, and business. And I think over that long term, it's good to have Epic out there uh, changing the way Steam operates, uh, really forcing them to really think about how they operate to compete for business. I think we saw that. We are seeing that with some of the things that are happening at Steam even now. I saw an article earlier this week that I might go into in a future video uh, that talked about Steam uh, limiting review bombs and the ability of people to bomb reviews on games uh, that are unrelated to the game itself. Uh, to actually eliminate those reviews. That's a topic that we've talked about in a couple of videos in virtual legality. Uh, And I think that's the kind of thing that only happens at Steam's level because there is Epic out there and Discord and some other places that are slowly pushing in and saying, hey, that market looks kind of nice. We want to get involved. We want to take our own cut of that market and Steam having to essentially look at itself, how it can improve. One of the things that Epic had uh, had sold itself on to potential uh, developers was the nature of the the lack of forums and the lack of reviews on their website, which a lot of customers think is bad and, and it is to some extent, but that a lot of developers had clearly gotten irritated with, not being able to control some of that communications pipeline and having there just be uh, review bombs that were unrelated to uh, what their actual product was that might have related to the company's politics or might have related to the company's business strategies or something along those lines. And I think there was a clear kind of frustration that Epic was tapping into to say, yeah, you don't need to deal with that over here. Come sell it over here and you'll be happier. And I think Steam did react by saying, okay, we're going to look at review bombs because that is affecting people in a way that we're hearing that developers are complaining about. And so I do think overall, having Epic out there and having these other stores out there is a good thing. But certainly when you see stories like this, not it's not just a good thing for there to be competitors. You have to have good competitors. You have to have good options. You have to have businesses that you do want to do business with, that you do want to trust. And I think Epic Game Store, by having the business strategies that they've had and now having this kind of uh, approach come out where they've just kind of essentially copied over a steam file for their own personal use is the kind of thing that makes you say okay epic I, you're not acting like a good actor you're acting like a bad actor and that's making me less likely to do business with you uh, and so they need to kind of fix that up they need to really make a showing of good faith that they're not going to do this kind of thing. If I were in Epic's shoes, I would immediately say I'm not going to access any other files. I would look at my privacy policy. I would tighten that up, and I would say, hey, we need to uh, make sure that we're only getting the rights we're actually going to use because we're not going to steal people's word documents to figure out whether they're Republicans or Democrats. We're not going to go and dive into other applications. This was a mistake that we did, but we can change our privacy policy to make clear that that's not in our intent because that's not what we're good at. We make games, and now we're start starting to sell games. From the Steam side of things, I don't know how easy it is to do, but it would seem to me like the one thing that you should do is take that configuration file uh, and change it so that it's not easily accessible by another, by another service, uh, to change it so it's encrypted in some way or is not able to otherwise be copied uh, by something like the Epic Game Store because there's no reason that Epic should be accessing that file in that way other than to kind of try to get around the the privacy policies that the Steam customer has selected for themselves. Uh, So I think it's in Steam's best interest to essentially start encrypting those files and potentially encrypting other access points uh, to their service. Uh, But again, I don't know whether that breaks any of their kind of links that they have in their functionality uh, to start out with. So I don't know how important that is or that isn't. Uh, Otherwise, they could certainly potentially make complaints uh, to various privacy monitors and otherwise continue to publicize the issue. Uh, But I think Epic's taking the right steps right now to fix it, and I think Steam is taking the right steps as well to say, hey, that's not right. They shouldn't be doing that. Uh, And again, because they want to highlight essentially the potentially nefarious acts of their competitors. But... As always, it continues to be a fascinating kind of cold war between Steam and Epic. uh, And I do think it's starting to heat up, especially as more and more exclusives are are pulled over by Epic's Fortnite money. Uh, Steam is likely to have to respond in some more uh, specific, more concrete way. Uh, either with a change in revenue share or other uh, kinds of actions that they can do with their market size, with their customer base. I would anticipate still seeing some more uh, specific volleys against Epic Game Store uh, before 2019 is out. Uh, but it is going to continue to be a very interesting story to watch and to follow. And I'm pretty sure it won't be the last virtual legality episode but we do on it this year. Uh, if you like this video, please do like, please subscribe. I do these kinds of conversations about the law and business and digital information technology, including video games and other things that catch my eye on a regular basis. Uh, I also have this uh, video, which is on YouTube, uh, available in a number of podcast locations. So if you're following me by audio, I appreciate that as well. Uh, Thank you so much for watching or for listening, and I will catch you on the next Virtual Legality.